Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. King Solomon is known for being one of the wisest kings and people who ever lived. But when you study his life, you'll discover that he completely disregarded what God had instructed him to do. And by doing so, at the end of his life, even though his father set him up for success, he was the 11th son of King David. He, he built the temple of God, yet at the end of his life, he built altars worshiping false gods. And the question I want us to ask ourselves tonight is this. How could the wisest man who ever lived do something so unthinkable? And what makes us think if the wisest man who ever lived did something like that, that we're not susceptible to fall into the same entrapment? See, because I believe that what caused the fall of Solomon and caused him to fall the way that he did was that he didn't respect or adhere to the boundaries that God had set. And Pastor CJ did talk about this this past Sunday, and he talked about how God gave instruction in the book of Deuteronomy as God was speaking to a future king that would rule the nation of Israel before there were ever kings established because God was the true king of Israel, but the nation of Israel wanted to have a king like all the other people around them, right? And then we know what happened from Saul to David. Now now, now Solomon is king, and one of the instructions God gave was don't you know, have a mass amount of horses and chariots and all that. But what does Solomon do? He goes to Egypt, which was another thing that God instructed him not to do. And he gathers all these horses and chariots. And he tells him, I don't want you to have many wives. Solomon had nearly a thousand wives, y'all. Much of us, we can only handle one as it is, you know, a thousand wives. And it wasn't that God gave him permission to do that. No, no, no. It was a description. It wasn't prescription. It was a description of what took place. And let me tell you, it messed him up because many of his wives worshiped false gods. They were paganistic, and it crept into his life as well. Another thing that we see take place was that he gathered a large amount, a stockpile of silver and gold for himself. All of these things were boundaries that God had set specifically for the kings to follow in the book of Deuteronomy. And what I want to talk about tonight is this. For the few moments that we have is this. Tonight, I want to talk about boundaries and how we can have healthy boundaries in our lives. I think sometimes we think that this word is a curse word. It's a bad word. But can I tell you something? There is such thing as having healthy boundaries that we are called to have boundaries. And I believe that boundaries are biblical, amen? And it was because of um, Solomon's lack of adhering to the boundaries that God had set that was his downfall. So I want us to have our hearts open to receive tonight. If you have your Bible, why don't you turn with me to Exodus chapter 23, verse 31 to 33. That's Exodus chapter 23, verse 31 to 33. And this is God speaking to the nation of Israel. And there's two boundaries that we see take place in here. And I want to read this out. It says this. Come on, anybody got their Bible with them tonight? Yeah. Exodus chapter 23, verse 31 through 33. It says, and I will fix your what? Boundaries from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea and from the eastern wilderness to the Euphrates River. This is God telling the nation of Israel, hey, when it comes to the promised land, 
the land that I promised to Abraham, these are the boundaries that I am setting, geographical boundaries. And get this, the only kings that were able to conquer and have dominion in these boundaries from the Mediterranean Sea to the Red Sea, from the Eastern Wilderness to the Euphrates, get this, was only King David and King Solomon. All the other kings weren't able to keep those boundaries, but they were able to. But then God lists another boundary right here. Check this out. I will hand over to you the people live now living in the land, and you will drive them out ahead of you. And then he says, make no treaties with them or their gods. They must not live in your land, or they will cause you to sin against me. If you serve their gods, you'll be caught up in the trap of idolatry. And isn't it funny, that's exactly what we see take place, that yes, Solomon was successful in one boundary, but he was failing in another boundary. He had a geographical boundary, but he failed when it came to his relational boundaries, because you'll find out that the reason he had many wives was because he was marrying a lot of royalty and having pacts and, and, and political relationships so that way there could be peace and trade. But by doing so, his heart was being pulled away from God. And I want to read this other scripture right here in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 10. And these are the words of King Solomon. It says this, do not move an ancient boundary stone. Somebody say boundary stone. Or encroach on the fields of the fatherless. And what boundary stones were to them was how and what fences are like for us today. They were boundaries that were set so that way people would know whose land belonged to who. Come on, can we just pray tonight? The sermon title I want to give you is this. You ready? Bound to abound. Bound to abound. In other words, many times the reason that God has boundaries placed in our life and we feel bound up in our life is so that way we can abound. In other words, that you would grow, that you would mature, that you would increase, and you would step into everything that God has for you in your life. Come on, who's thankful for a God that loves us and protects us and corrects us and guides us in our life? Somebody say, bound to abound. Come on, now let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We just pray, Lord God, that you would just speak. God, have your way not only in this place, in this building, but also in Riverside Youth and in Riverside Kids. Lord Jesus, this is all about you. We thank you, Lord, for your word. In Jesus' name. And somebody said, amen, amen, amen. Come on, find two or three people and say, you are bound to abound. You are bound to abound. You may be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing in honor of reading of God's word. One of the reasons I put this shirt on um, is because I thought to myself, it's springtime, y'all. Come on. It's, spring, it's about to be spring break, what, week, this next week or the week after, whatever. Yesterday I was helping my little brother put up a basketball goal, and I didn't realize how hot it actually was. And I felt like a lobster at the end of the day because the sun was just hitting me. I was out there for hours. The sun is out. You know, maybe you have plans to go to the beach or whatever, but also a big thing when it comes to spring break is this, or springtime is spring cleaning. Do we have any spring cleaners in the building, right? Okay, I'm with you guys. I, I like the time, I mean, where we really get to set a time aside to organize, to, to clean, and I like to think of myself as a decently organized person. Do not look at my desk right now, okay? 
Like, I don't know about you. You can have a clean house, and I don't know what happens. At the end of the week, it feels like on your only day off, you're just cleaning the entire time. Anybody with me, right? I mean, thank God, me and my wife, you know, my wife helps out a lot. And I do help clean the dishes and everything, y'all. That's our deal. She cooks some good food, you know. I help clean the dishes. That's what we have work out for us, okay? And um, But it's spring cleaning time, and I was reminded of a, a couple springs a couple years ago, y'all, whenever I went into what my wife says is a cleaning rampage. A cleaning rampage. I, I looked at my desk in the office here at the church and noticed how messy it was, and I said to myself, I'm just, I'm going to take care of this. I, I'm going into spring cleaning mode. I'm going to wipe things down. I'm going to clean things up. And once I got done, I was just, I, you know, when you get started, you know, that's the hard part. Then I looked around the room, y'all. I looked at everybody else's desk because it's a community desk setup. We have, probably have eight people in a room that's smaller than the square footage of this stage right here. We're, I'm in this, this room, and, and I'm there, and I'm there early, and I look around. I thought to myself, you know, I'm just going to take it upon myself to help clean the other desk. I'm going to help organize the areas and even the drawers. I'm going to take, and here's the thing. I'm the type of person that whenever I start organizing or cleaning, I don't know if you're like this, I take everything out. Like, and it looks like a huge mess, and somebody walks in, and everything's all over the place, and like, what are you doing? I'm cleaning. You know what I mean? And everything's out, and I begin to put things back, and, and I was trying to surprise the rest of my family. I was trying to surprise the staff, and I put things back in what I thought would be better places than what they were before, and Let's just say not everybody was happy that Caleb went into spring cleaning mode because people lost some things like, man, where is this that they found it in somebody else's drawer or this or that? And they, had, they, were, they, they, they knew what I was trying to do, but, but here's what I did, y'all. And they had every right to because here, here's the thing. That was their space, and they have the right to set boundaries, which, guess what? I had broken I didn't respect or I didn't think about the other people's boundaries or space or property or things. And you may not notice this, y'all, but boundaries are at play all around us in our lives. Many of you, even when you drove here, there was guardrails on the side of the bridge or the road as you were driving. Boundaries that were there to help keep you safe. Even the password to your bank account, guess what? That's a boundary. Even from your yard and your fence in your yard to help, you know, know what, what is your side of the, your, your yard and your neighbor's yard, the fences that, that are there, those things are boundaries. Can somebody say boundaries? And who knows, if there wasn't boundaries in this world, there would be chaos. And in the scripture we just read, it talked about ancient boundary stones that shouldn't be moved. Now, if you don't know what that is, what an ancient boundary stone, like I mentioned earlier, it was like how a fence is to us today. So the tribes of Israel, they had clans within the tribes, and the clans were made up of families, and they had so much land. But the way that they distinguished and set apart their land from one another was with these boundary stones. And they would have a stone here, a stone there, and it would be spaced out, and that would be like their space, their domain, their property line. And the reason this proverb was written was because of this, is because people, because of selfishness and greed, they would slowly and little by little, year after year or month after month, move 
the boundary stones just a little bit and a little bit to where the other people wouldn't notice and they would secretly be stealing the land of their neighbors. And that was, that's what was taking place. And that's why he said, don't move these ancient boundary stones. And as I read that, I felt like the Lord told me that that's exactly what happened to King Solomon. And I'm not talking about the boundaries in the land, but rather when it came to the boundaries that was in his heart. Because can I tell you something? That the most important boundaries in our lives are not just physical, but relational, emotional, and spiritual. You know, it's been said before, it's been said before <clears throat> that boundaries are a lot like property lines. And many of us, y'all, we are good, we are good when it comes to, to when it comes to establishing and having property lines in our yards, but we aren't as good when it comes to establishing the property lines in our hearts. And I believe that's exactly what happened in Solomon's heart for the Lord. See, I believe that it didn't just happen overnight when it came to his heart being turned away from God, but rather it happened over time. Where little by little, he bent and broke the boundaries that God had set for him with his selfish desires, relationships, and possessions, which ultimately took his heart far away from the Lord. You know, maybe you've heard this before, but they said that if you want to boil a frog, this is what you do. You don't turn on the water. I don't know why anybody want to boil a frog. Has anybody ever eaten a frog before? I've eaten a frog one time, like a fried frog, okay? It tastes like chicken, okay? But anyways... They say do not boil the hot water and then the, throw the frog in because what's going to happen? The frog's going to feel that it's hot and it's going to jump out. But rather they say if you want to do that, throw the frog in cool water and then slowly and gradually turn up the temperature where the frog won't even notice it as he's being boiled. And I believe that such was the case for King Solomon. That a lot of the boundaries that he, has, he had established with, 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 happened from wife after wife after possession after possession, horse after horse. The boundaries that God had set seemed to have faded or fallen down. And you know what happens when we don't have boundaries in our lives? There is no protection and there is no self-control. You have to have boundaries in your life. If you don't, that's a sign of no protection or self-control. See, I want you to check out this proverb that actually was written probably early on in his life by King Solomon, and I think this describes him perfectly. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, it says it like this, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. See, back then, the wall surrounding a city were representative of the strength and the protection that the city had. That's why it was a big deal whenever God brought down the walls of Jericho, right? When they, caught, when they crossed the Jordan River, you know, it seemed intimidating, but they walked around it for seven days. And on the seventh day, after the seventh time, they blew the trumpets in this stronghold, this impenetrable 
fortress that people thought wouldn't be able to be brought down. It was known for their giant walls. The walls came tumbling down, and that struck fear into the rest of the people and the enemies of the people of Israel in the promised land. Why? Because they took down a city with huge walls. That's why Nehemiah was so passionate about going back into Jerusalem and establishing and building the wall surrounding Jerusalem. Why? Because walls were so important back then. Walls were how cities were protected and how they guarded themselves. And can I tell you, in the same way, Riverside Church, that we need to guard and protect and have boundaries in our hearts and in our lives as well. Come on. That's why it reminds me, of another thing that King Solomon wrote. He said this, above all else. What do you say? Above all else. Above anything else that I'm saying, guard your heart. For everything that you do flows from your heart. See, many of us, we are finding ourselves in the same entrapment, and it feels like we, we don't, slowly and slowly, we may not even notice it, we're drifting away from God because we don't have boundaries in our life. We don't have boundaries with certain relationships. We don't have boundaries when it comes to what we think about. We don't have boundaries, and, and, and what begins to happen is when we don't have boundaries, we begin to lack self-control, and there's no protection, and we, don't, we allow everything in our hearts. But can I tell you something? That what feels, spills. Whatever you allow in your heart, one point or another, it will flow and come out of your mouth, and it will come out of your life. I'm just going to be real and honest with you guys. I won't forget, being in probably ninth, 10th grade, I was listening to just nothing but probably Lil Wayne and Drake and all these guys, and they were just cussing and cursing and saying this and that. I thought it wouldn't really affect me or whatever, and I felt cool driving in my new truck that I got. You know what I mean? I was driving, and I won't forget, I was leading parking lot in that time, y'all, and whenever I was was with my friend who we were co-leading the parking lot, we went to go get some tacos, and we're on the way back to church, y'all, and I'm about to run a red light, y'all, and I put my foot on the brake, and and I'm about to, I'm literally probably about uh, five or ten feet in the intersection. I go in reverse. The first word out of my mouth was not Jesus. The first word out of my, na- my mouth was not, Lord, help me right now. The first word out of my mouth was a, a word that I heard reoccurring. And I had someone right there that, that knew who I was. I was supposed to be, like, we all, let me tell you something. You don't have to be a pastor in order to be a representative or an ambassador for the kingdom of God. The life that you live matters. What you allow in your life matters. And it came out of my mouth, and I thought to myself, I didn't even know I had that in my heart. But it's because I didn't have any boundaries or standards that were there. And who knows that when you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. We have to have boundaries in our life, healthy boundaries. And I'm not saying, because can I tell you, here's, come on, it's been said before like this, some people, they, the reason, the reason people don't have boundaries and don't create boundaries is because they don't know what they are protecting. But when you know what you are protecting and you know that you're guarding and protecting your heart, 
You want to create boundaries because your heart is valuable. God is after your heart. But can I tell you, the enemy is after your heart. This world is after your heart. And I'm not saying to shut everybody off or shut everybody out and don't allow anybody in. What I'm saying is use godly wisdom, use common sense, and allow yourself to have healthy boundaries in in your life. Anybody following this Wednesday evening? The first point I want to give you tonight is this, that boundaries are not just a good idea, they are God's idea. Boundaries are not just a good idea, they are God's idea. And this isn't just my opinion, I believe this is biblical. I want you to check out one of the first things that God did when he created the earth. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 through 5, it says this, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated, somebody say separated, the light from the darkness. Somebody say boundary. God established a boundary in the earth from the light and the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. And then if you continue, continue reading, you'll find out, you'll see God, he, he, he divided And he established a boundary between water and dry land. Who's thankful that God spoke a word and set simple boundaries like that, right? Just think about that for a second. It's just amazing to think that everything that we see taking place right now in the earth was a product of God speaking a word. That even right now, his word is holding everything together. If we were any closer to the sun, we'd burn up. If we were any further, we'd freeze up. The earth is on its tilt and act. God set boundaries and parameters and said, let it be, and it was, from a boundary that he had set. But then also in the first conversation, because that wasn't the only boundary. Get this. When God had a conversation with man, one of the first things that he told them was this. He said, you are free to eat of every tree. But, somebody say but, but do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's a boundary. Somebody say boundary. See, he said, you can can eat of all these trees, but not of this tree. That was a boundary that God had set. And I love how he started off with saying this. He started off with saying, you are free. Because who knows that we serve a God of freedom, and true freedom exists when we stay in the boundaries between what he says is good and what he says is is bad. When we stay in that, that's where true freedom exists. And notice how God did not create a fence around the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Notice how he didn't create a barrier, right, or, or a wall around it or, or, or anything like that, right? God didn't create a boundary in that way. All he did was speak the word, and the word that he spoke was the boundary. Why? Because he didn't want to create robots, right, that were forced to follow after him. He wanted to create human beings made in the image of God that chose to worship him and follow after him and love him. But what did they do? They broke the boundary. They ate of the forbidden fruit. And now everything that we see take place in the world, the sin, death, disease, everything that's evil entered the world, get this, from a boundary that was broken. 
And you want to know one of the reasons that they ate of the forbidden fruit? Of course, the serpent deceived them. But the scripture says that the fruit looked good to eat. The fruit looked good to eat. And can I tell you something? We can fall into the same entrapment, y'all, that Adam and Eve fell into. And also, I believe what King Solomon fell into because just because something looks good or feels good. See, because here's the thing. We live in a world, y'all, who would agree that the world says and they encourage you to do whatever looks good and feels good and sounds good and where you should do what you should do what you want and live your truth. Where they, where they say things like, man, if you feel like sleeping around, do it. Drink as much as you want. Get, do it. Get hot. Do it. Go to that website. Go to that toxic, whatever you want to do, just do it. There's no boundaries. There's no this. There's no, you want to go against the word of God, do it. But can I tell you something? That'd be right because just because something looks good or, or feels good, does that mean it is good, right? No, no, no. Can I tell you something? Just because something looks good or feels good doesn't mean that it is good. And that what is what I believe was part of the downfall of Solomon because he did whatever he thought looked and felt good. And can you, can, and you if you can imagine it, Solomon probably did it. Solomon did everything that he felt was good in his heart, but even then, at the end of his life, he felt empty. He felt like life was meaningless. Can you imagine some of us, we think, oh, when I get, when I get this, when I get that, whenever, whenever I, if I, when I get that car, when I, when I get that house, whenever I, I become famous or that. Can you imagine getting everything that your soul can desire and then afterwards saying, I feel so empty. Is this it? I did what the world said was good. I fed my flesh. And can I tell you, your flesh, your sinful nature will never be satisfied. It will always want more and more and more. You have a universe-sized hole in your soul, and the only person who can fill that void and meet that need is Jesus Christ. Go to him. Give him a shot. Give him a chance. See, and at the end of King Solomon's life, what did he write? In Ecclesiastes 12, 13, like Pastor CJ said, he said, here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commandments, for this is everyone's duty. In other words, he realized at the end of his life, y'all, that when he was most free, fulfilled, and joyful, and at peace, was when he was in the boundaries that God had set. Because he knows that God knows what's best for us and what's good for us. I don't know about you, I don't want to live outside the boundaries that God has set in my life. There are boundaries there. And here's my second point I want to give you tonight is this. Boundaries were meant to be a blessing, not a burden. Boundaries. The boundaries that God gave Adam and Eve, they, they only had one boundary. Don't eat of that fruit. They were running around naked, eating of all the fruit, probably talking to, I don't know if they were actually talking, naming all the animals. I don't know how long it lasted. But they ate of the fruit, and then from there, what happens? We see even more boundaries take place. We see in the Old Testament 613 commandments 
that are established for the nation of Israel. There's some weird things on there, weird boundaries that were on there, like not boiling goat and milk and stuff like that. We're reading that like, okay, is this for me today? What is that? Because many of that were practices that were paganistic and considered false god worship, and God didn't want there to be an inkling in their heart to draw them away from him and following after him. He knew what was best for his people, and he set boundaries that were there. And can I tell you, in the same way, the Holy Spirit will convict us at times, and God's word, as we read, it will set boundaries in our life. It's not meant to be a burden to you. It's meant to be a blessing to you. Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly. God didn't set those boundaries there to subtract and take away from your life. He set boundaries in your life to add and multiply to your life. See, it is not, please somebody listen to me. If you don't hear nothing else, I want you to hear this. It is not God's will for you to walk around burdened by the boundaries that God has set for your life, nor is it for you to be overburdened by the boundaries of others. It's not God's will for you to be burdened by the boundaries that God has set, but also it is not God's will for you to be overburdened by 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 the burdens that other people have put on your life. Oh, but Pastor Caleb, doesn't say in the book of Galatians, the apostle Paul wrote, carry the, the burdens of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes, it does say that. But also as you continue to read, you'll see a few verses later, he says, I want you to test yourself and know the load that you're supposed to carry first. In other words, before you start adding weight from everybody else and saying yes to everything, to, to everybody else, see what you're able to carry. See the burdens that are on your life because I don't want you to be over burden. Oh, but Pastor Caleb, didn't Jesus say, if somebody slaps you, turn the other cheek. If somebody sues you, give them your tunic. If somebody asks you to go a mile, go go an extra mile. Jesus was talking about how to respond when people do something evil and wrong against you and how we don't repay evil with evil, but rather we, we repay evil with good. In other words, we cannot be people pleasers. We can never please everybody. You are not God. You are limited in your capacity capacity, when it comes to your resources, when it comes to your energy, when it comes to your relationships, when it comes to who you are, you are limited. Only God is limitless. So guess what? Sometimes you have to set a boundary in your life, boundary with an extended family, that cousins that's asking you for money. Oh, I don't know who, what the situation may be for some of you tonight, but you have to learn how to set boundaries in your life. It's important to understand this. And your heart may be in the right place, y'all. Your heart may be in the right place. But can I tell you, you will never be able to please everybody. Somebody asked me this past week, they said, hey, Pastor Caleb, what do you think about people pleasing? Like, what do you think about pleasing people? And I thought about, I was like a random question. I just had to know. As soon as I called them, hey, Caleb, what do you think about people pleasing? I thought to myself, I was just, and then I said something. I said, you know, I think that, Pleasing people is rooted in the fear of people. When you have a fear of disappointing people and letting them down. But can I tell you something? When you have the fear of God in your heart and you have a reverence and respect for God, you don't have to have a a, a fear of people in your life. 
You have to learn how to set boundaries in your life. And, and, and you know what most of the time what boundaries sound like and look like? Simply by you saying these two letters right here. You ready? Sometimes these are the most godly, godly letters you could ever say. N-O. No. Can somebody say no with me right now? It's been said before that boundaries are simply what you say yes and no to. And I'm not saying to be mean or rude or condescending. Show love. But can I tell you something? You need to set loving limits in your life at times. Come on, is anybody getting this word this Wednesday evening? I hope it's helping somebody. You cannot give 100% of yourself to everybody. Even for those that don't show the responsibility for it, you know, we have to be careful. God, see, boundaries were meant to be a blessing, not a burden. Haley, you can go ahead and come up, or Alicia, whoever's coming up. I want to read the scripture to y'all. In Psalm chapter 16, verse 5 through 6, it says this, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant. Somebody say pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. The boundaries that, Lord, these boundary lines you set in my life, this is in a, in, in a pleasant place. You, you prepared a table bef- like before me in the presence of my enemies. You, you've led me to still, that's where God wants to lead you. You know where God wants, you know where your, the boundaries that God has set for you? Because some of us, we think of boundaries, you know, there's such thing as unhealthy boundaries. Maybe somebody used boundaries to manipulate, manipulate you or control you and, you know, try to tell you what to do. And they've used manipulation by setting boundaries in your life. Can I tell you something? God is not like that. Whenever God leads you, when the Holy Spirit leads you, it's because he loves you. He wants what's best for you. He wants you to be bound to abound. They weren't meant to be a burden, but a blessing. And here's my conclusion I want to leave with y'all. It's this. The same God who sets boundaries will give you the strength to sustain them. The same God who sets boundaries will be the same, will, who sets boundaries will give you the strength to sustain them. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you in your life. The Apostle Paul, I mean, he was led so many times by the Spirit of God. There was a time where, where he wanted to go to Asia to go preach and minister, and the Holy Spirit kept him, said, no, don't go here. Send him somewhere else, whole another area. And sweetheart, what, was it Lydia? Was that the name? And get this, this is so amazing. When the Holy Spirit led him to another region, I forgot the exact name of it, but it wasn't Asia. The first person that he ministered to and they ministered to was this lady by the name of Lydia. And Lydia was known for opening up her whole, her entire house for the early church to gather. And it may not have made sense to the Apostle Paul in that moment. Holy Spirit, I thought, I'm, I'm, I'm the first missionary. I'm, I'm called to go here. Why are you sending me here? 
And that first girl, Lydia, guess what? She was Asian too. So not only God, see, sometimes we thank God, you know, I know what's best for me. I'm going to go here. I'm going to take control. I'm going to break down these boundaries that you have set for me. I'm going to do my own thing. I want to go my own way. But can I tell you something real quick? That's not walking in the grace of God and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. God wants to empower you. He, Whenever he sets boundaries in your life, guess what? He not only sets the boundaries, but he wants to give you strength to stay within them to to guide you and lead you to give you strength oh come on who knows greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world come on it come on i'm telling you i can do all things through what christ who gives me strength god can give you strength as he leads you and directs you and can i tell you something we are all susceptible to breaking boundaries at times in our relationships in our friendships with parents, finances, when we do something that we know we're not supposed to do. But I'm so thankful for the grace and mercy and love of God that you may have broken boundaries, you may have tried to do things your own way, but all it takes is one moment of repentance and confession to say, Lord Jesus, I try to do things my own way. I went outside with the boundaries that you have set, God, forgive me. And just like that, God forgives you. His grace will empower you, and you can walk out the life that God has called you to live. Oh, come on. Does anybody want to stay within what God has set? Come on, let's stand to our feet tonight. I pray that this ministered and spoke to somebody. I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me this last minute. Even as I was coming down the road, I said, Lord, I don't feel like this is the most prepared or put together message. And I felt like the Lord say, no, you just be obedient. Speak it. Somebody needs to hear this right now because somebody is questioning right now. Why, Lord? Why are these boundaries here? Whenever I try to do this, it seems like the door just shuts. It just seems like you're saying no. Can I tell you, God's no will lead to another yes. God's rejection is protection. God sets things in our lives to lead you and direct you. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. The scripture says, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Keep walking. Keep focusing on Jesus. Keep running the race that God has called you to run. God has a plan for you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.